And what that means is they've done a lot of the research. Give your potential clients the content they need to trust you even before they make that first call. 70 something percent of the purchase decision is typically made before a prospect engages with you. You're listening to Personal Injury Mastermind, where we give you the tools you need to take your personal injury practice to the next level. Content bacon will make your assets sizzle. The content subscription service is owned and operated by Wendy Lieber. They serve up monthly email, blog, and social media copy that converts. Today, we talk about how to humanize content in every stage of the client journey, how to solve your customer's pain points, and what personal injury firms should be doing to get the most out of their content. I'm your host, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io. We help elite personal injury attorneys dominate first page rankings with search engine optimization. Being at the forefront of marketing is all about understanding people. So let's get to know our guest. Here's Wendy Lieber, founder at Content Bacon. So Content Bacon is my second company. I had a strategic marketing, kind of more boutique type company first, and it was great. And I grew that company, but I got to a point where the only way I was going to grow it more was to really either kind of take on like an agency model, which I wasn't super excited about and, you know, either work harder or charge more. And I had kind of already done that. And so I was really searching for um, how to grow and scale a business because I really wanted to play a bigger game. And one of the things I was noticing is every company was struggling with content and digital content was becoming more and more important and necessary. And so I started dabbling with content subscriptions with my current client base just to see you know, what that might be like. And it was like a slam dunk, like out of the gate, people loved it. People needed it. There was just something very distinct about the type of work I was doing that was like heavy consulting, always like those heavy ROI conversations, which are fine. Whereas with the content subscriptions, people were just happy and slept better at night knowing that they were publishing relevant content on a consistent basis. So that's how Content Bacon got started. And I think we're going on eight years and it's, it was a good choice. <laughs> Your company is really fun on social media, talking about making stuff sizzle and all the puns with the uh, you know content and bacon. Yes. And that's a lot of fun. But one of the things, and I got to be honest, and I do this for almost every firm agency vendor. The first thing I do is I get on LinkedIn and I look at the company profile. I look at all the employees. And one of the things I noticed that really stood out was the amount of copywriters, not just content writers, copywriters. And so first, you know, can you kind of explain the difference between, you know, maybe someone that's just writing a, a generic blog versus a, an actual copywriter? There's different types of content needed to support really different stages of the customer journey. So there's like initial content that maybe more voyeuristic, you know, people just kind of checking you out might enjoy your content, it builds awareness, but they may not necessarily ever be a, a customer or client, or it may be they're very early on in the process and they're not one today. And so that might be what I can 
consider more what you were referring to as like general content. It's strategic, but it might not necessarily be as intentional on creating a specific action. Content that's written, you know, I might refer to it as conversion copy is what I refer to as a little bit more copywriting where it's very intentional, it's very strategic, and you're, you know if it's effective or not by the result. And again, everything we do, there's some way to measure the result. Some is a little bit, you know, maybe more fluffy, like more website traffic, more social followers might be kind of more, that doesn't pay the bills, right? But it's part of the journey. Whereas someone opting into something, someone raising their hand saying, I want to be part of this community, someone booking a call with you, that's where more expertise is required for what might be referred to as copywriting. Yeah. And you know, the biggest thing that I see in in like that persuasive style that you're trying to convince a consumer to take action is for attorneys, you know, that have these bottom of the funnel transactional pages, these practice area pages. A lot of times they're just really generic. They don't highlight their USPs well, their taglines. They may on the homepage. When you get to the homepage, they may do a good job. And I do see some PI firms that do a good job of like differentiating themselves there. But on the individual pages, those are sales pages. Yeah. Those are where your consumer, you're trying to convince the consumer to use you versus someone else. And I see that that's lacking. And also just in, in general, in, in Google AdWords ad copy and other areas where there's a lot of res- direct response intention. That's why I wanted to call that out specifically because your agency is so different than just someone that's churning out 2000 blogs per month. I think the key, at least from the perspective that I look at it, it's all about being as human as possible. And I think you do that by letting your personality come through, letting your point of view come through and, you know, being, you know, more vulnerable and authentic versus you know, trying to sell something, although you need to have a way for someone to buy something. So it's not like, don't do that, but do it with a human touch. And I think to your point too, I think a lot of companies focus more on top of the funnel and then they kind of go lighter on middle and, and bottom. And, you know, that's kind of where, where the juice is, but everyone's always talking about more leads, more leads, more leads, but then you might have a lot of leads who you're not nurturing, you're not staying in touch with, even after maybe they do business with you, you're not continuing to form a relationship with them and stay top of mind. Hopefully they won't need you again and again, but you know. I hear this on a lot of different ways and you know, no like trust and they kind of like you. People like to do business with the, who they like. And we had Ed Herman from Brown and Crouppen on in a really early episode. He talked about brand love. You got to make them love you. And his marketing is very unique. And he stands out with three lawyers eating sandwiches or Ed versus cereal and things like that. (laughs) And I think it's very creative because at the end of the day, I think standing out on social, especially if you're in the legal vertical, is is you got to be a little bit entertaining. And so we talked a little bit about inbound marketing and attracting, engaging, delighting. So how does inbound empower a potential client to take action? The beauty of having so much information available to us today is whether it's, you know, your business customer or consumer, they're doing research or they're browsing when they want, how they want. And so it's so important to have content to show up, like showing up 
you know, is, is so important. We kind of put content into four buckets, educational, informational, entertaining, and inspiring. And so having content that can, you know, can support those pillars. So if someone is searching for a key problem that you solve, then when they find the information about you, it is kind of speaking to you, but it's, it's again, not trying to sell you. It's, it's giving you the information you need so that you can feel comfortable about making that buying decision. Um, there's a really powerful statistic that I think it's like 70 something percent of the purchase decision is typically made before a prospect engages with you. And what that means is they've done a lot of the research. They've, you know, they've checked you out. They might've read testimonials. They've gotten to know you. So by the time they actually reach out to you, it's really kind of yours to lose. And that's the beauty of, of content is it's, you know, it's kind of like sales lubrication, right? Because before you had to maybe actually speak to someone or, you know, use a lot of outbound marketing, you know, TV ads, billboards, you know, flyers to get attention and to get someone to know you. Well, those things still have their place. But even if someone gets a compelling flyer in the mail, let's see, and, and they, they're still going to check you out. They're still probably not going to just go right from that to picking up the phone, but they will go to your website. They will go to your social media. And if what they find there reinforces then they're going to take the next step. So that's why it's it's just so important. It really accelerates that sales cycle because they already know you. They're ready to hire. They don't have to be convinced. Yeah. Once they've been educated, once they know they like you, now it's just a matter of them going to your website and just picking up the phone. They're not going to be bouncing around talking to many individuals. They're going to just be talking to you. Yeah. Giving your audience as much education kind of showing them kind of what's behind the kimono as much as possible. There's a saying, an educated customer is your best customer. And so, you know, I think that the more you can educate them, then again, the more they're going to trust you because they're like, okay, if I wanted to do this on my own, and maybe this doesn't apply to the legal space as much, but I, you know, I could, but why do I want to do it on my own? It's not the, the best and highest use of my time. So I'm just a big believer and, Give your audience as much education, as much tools as possible so that if they want to go do it on their own, they're armed with the best of the best. But if they want to outsource it and have it actually get done, then they'll, they'll reach out to you. Wendy shares with us what personal injury attorney should be doing when it comes to content. look at the, there's the foundational elements, the basics that every company should be doing to look alive, to have a presence. So obviously an up-to-date mobile-friendly website that might sound like the most basic of the basics, but you'd be surprised with how many companies do not have that. And as different things change and plugins get updated, if you're not staying on top of that, what might've been once mobile-friendly is no longer so making sure your website is, is up to date and really reflective of, you know, your firm and your, the personality of your firm and, you know, somehow stands out from, from all the others out there. And again, content is a, a key part of that, whether that's written content, video content, a combination of both, you know, even your visuals, you know, using 
stock photography versus, you know, original photography. There's a, there's a lot of different ways to tell your story so that your site stands out from someone else and that it's, it's up to date. Then I think having a section on your website for blog articles is really important. And so, you know, why do we want to have blog content? Well, blog content typically will answer the questions that your audience is potentially asking. You know, again, there's some powerful statistic that, you know, 70, 80% of what gets typed into Google is in the form of a question. So, you know, if you think about what questions your audience, your prospects might have, and you address those by answering them on your site, that's where, you know, good blog content can really help you show up and stand out from the others. And talking like a human, you know, again, of course, a prospect wants to deal with an attorney that is professional and, you know, sounds like an attorney, but sometimes attorneys can take that in, in my experience, a little bit too far. And again, usually they're dealing with consumers that might not understand that lingo. So kind of breaking it down. And so people can really understand it and feel comfortable is just another great way to use your blog. And then again, social media, you know, having a presence on the key social media sites, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, if you, if you're on one or all of those and distinct on each one. So it's not, you know, one post that you blast to all four. It's creating content that's native to the platform. You know, Twitter is very different than Instagram. So again, having a strategy for your social media, some of that strategy is repurposing your blog content. So you're driving people back. Some of that might be standalone content that, you know, is again, just more helpful but having that presence so that people can see, wow, they're active, they're, they're engaging, they're posting frequently is, is super important. I don't know that this is as important for the personal injury attorney audience, but I typically will say a monthly newsletter of some sort to just go out to your database with, again, you know, maybe it's repurposing some of the blog content, but just a way to touch your audience on a consistent basis with really useful, helpful content so that you stay top of mind. So those are the basics. And then kind of the next layer would be on your website, on your social media, sharing, you know, whether it's case studies, you know, testimonials, you know, just like more meaty type content that if someone wants to dig a layer deeper and do their research that you're providing it for them contextualizing the social media platforms on LinkedIn. It's more business orientation than say Instagram is a little more casual yeah. and uh, the different types of media that you place there. The other thing that I heard recently, and I heard this on a podcast I was listening to Ed Milet's podcast with Alex Hermosi, And he was talking about how most forms of marketing are linear equations where you just do more of them. Yeah. You do more content, you have a bigger output. You do more ad spend, you do more advertising, you get more output. Well, the, the thing that's nonlinear or exponential is referrals. Yeah. One person introduces you to two, two introduces you to six or whatever. It's, it's exponential. And I think that's where your recommendation of the newsletter really mm -hmm. comes into play. That's a great point. Those are referral situations. Yeah, for sure. I think... 
a lot of the attorneys are willing to do the execution, willing to do the writing, even roll up their sleeves and do it themselves. Maybe there's some solo practitioners listening and they're trying to keep their operating expenses low. So how do they come up with topics? They're willing to write, but what do they do to come up with topics? I think the easiest place to start is with frequently asked questions and just think about all the questions that typically get asked during you know, a prospect call or questions that you wish your prospects would ask you and build a list of those and start with those as your topics. And, you know, you can kind of create easy ways to do it where if, a, if an attorney maybe doesn't want to write, but is more comfortable, you know, doing an audio file where they answer the question and then get the file transcribed and then edit it and make it pretty to post. There's a lot of ways to, to kind of get started, but I think the frequently asked questions is the best and easiest way because there's probably no shortage of those. And again, you can start with like the basics and then go deeper, build deeper. And the deeper you build your content, the more you'll stand out. There's strategies to show up and, you know, kind of make sure, you know, Google finds you. And, And we always say, you know, we write for humans first, search engine second. And granted, if we're just writing for humans and no one can find us, it's not that valuable. But I think the more that you write or create content, that it really is valuable for your audience, the more you'll get rewarded. And that seems to be the trend with Google anyway, as they constantly update their algorithms. It always seems in pursuit of providing the best user experience. And so I think if you think of it that way and just really, you know, provide value to your audience. Like, Hey, if, if you could kind of give this content to your, you know, maybe your, you know, your sister or family member, so they would know what to do, what would that look like? And I think if you come at it from, from there, more of the heart than the head, you're going to win. I agree with all of that. And I haven't done this for a long time, Wendy, but there's a directory, a legal director called Avo. They were purchased mm-hmm. by acquired by internet brands. And when they were at the top of the game and, and more visible, they had this section where consumers could ask legal questions. And I was, I would always see all the attorneys answering on platform. Well, then eight other attorneys or 15 other attorneys would answer the same question. When how much better use of their time would have been to just take that and turn it into a blog and put it on their own website or put it on social media. And I see that a lot. And now that Google has these related questions, so it makes it a little easier there or you can go to a number of tools, AREFs or SimRush, but I still see that really not done to the full capacity that could be done. Yeah. And they could play around with doing like Facebook lives or LinkedIn lives or their own podcast. The more you can just provide that valuable information and answer those questions, you know, the, you can repurpose content to multiple ways. You can take a podcast and turn it into show notes and social posts and, you know, probably four or five blogs. And so that's another tip is to think about how to take, you know, pieces of content and repurpose it into multiple forms so that you're really leveraging that content and not kind of just like one and done. Oh, I did a blog done. It's like, there's a lot of ways to repurpose it. Yeah. I think Gary V put out a post, I think it was like a year or two ago where he, said how to create, I believe it was 64 or 128 pieces of content a day. 
and yeah, that was just, I think the key takeaway is you can make long form content in some manner, whether you're speaking at a legal event or you're hosting your own podcast or you're, it could be a long form article. And then you can just chop those up into a ton of little pieces because consumers, a lot of times just don't want to read a 30 page, a very lengthy landing page, but they would like to consume little sections of it. And even when you're creating longer form content, like we try to do, you know, call outs and create images with some of the key takeaways so that someone can see like, Hey, the research is there. There's, there's a meaty piece of content there, but Maybe they only grab, you know, the the things that we call out and they, they still get value. Dialing in the right content for the right part of the content journey can be a challenge. If you want to leave it to the experts, here's how content baking can take your firm's content to the next level. So we refer to ourselves as a con- content as a subscription. So we don't actually refer to ourselves as an agency because we really stay in the digital content lane. So, you know, we don't do some of the other things that a typical marketing agency might do. So we work with companies to figure out what their goals are around really those three areas, awareness, interest, decision, and put together a content subscription to support that. And that can include things like blog content, social media content, email content, as well as lead magnets, conversion kits, you know, things that if someone's on your site and want to opt in for something, we can provide that whole path, that whole funnel. Subscription services are our bread and butter. That's what we do primarily. We also can do what we refer to as get ready packages that are more like one-time projects for companies, law firms that may may just need like a chunk of content, a library of content to get started or get them to a certain point. And then maybe they want to take it over. So we can customize, you know, kind of a build your own to support that. But those are the, the two key ways we work is building a subscription that supports your overall goals. We're very much into tracking and measuring. So if we're working with you to build, you know, awareness and interest, you know, we're looking at where you're at today and tracking what's happening so that we can either do more of what's working, or if we're not finding that we're getting the results that we want or need, we can pivot and figure out how to, how to shake it up and get it to where it's working. What's their level of involvement? How does working with you, how does that process look? So we have a very thorough onboarding process and it starts out, our goal is as quickly as possible to get to know you, get to know your tone, personality, get to know kind of the do's and don'ts. We worked with an attorney once who hated apostrophes. And so, you know, like sometimes there's like just little nuances, right? That, you know, or words that certain firms may not want to use. So We use that onboarding process to really get to know you as quickly as possible. And so the level of involvement early on, it's not necessarily significant, but it's, you know, there's a questionnaire to fill out. There's meetings, there's looking at the initial content we do and providing feedback, Um, even if it's like completely off, just being okay with like letting us know why, just being super no BS with us. But usually by, by month two or three, 
we're in a good groove. And at that point, all you're doing is reviewing, approving, and being happy. Of course, if we have certain customers that we work with who want their voice to be or want to be more involved and we'll create situations where maybe we do a monthly interview with you and kind of do a download of all your ideas and thoughts and then turn that into content. So there's different ways we work with companies that fit your style and the type of involvement you want. A lot of companies we work with have pretty much put us on autopilot. So that's also an option at a certain point where we have earned that trust where you just feel like, hey, these guys are an extension of us and I trust them. And other than, you know, maybe a a monthly or quarterly deep dive call, you're like, my content's being done and I'm happy. I like that you combine both the website copy with the the social copy and you're kind of hitting all the different areas and and assets because a lot of times it's either or. Either they're doing website blog pages or just social. What's the investment range? I know they, there's different offerings, but what's a range look like? Our kind of foundational subscriptions start right around $2,200 and then they go up to whatever. (laughs) However much you want to spend just depending on the amount of content. But I would say our average subscription starting out is usually right around that $2,200, $2,500 a month. This has been amazing, Wendy. And I think you gave us a lot of value. We haven't had very many social media and and content marketers on that talk about that aspect with the website. So I think that provides a good outlet to our, our, uh, our listeners. And so one final question, what's next for content bacon and where can people go to get in touch with you? We're about to launch a customer facing portal for our content um, so that it's a lot easier for our customers to interact with us and see where things are at at any given time and interact with our team. So I'm super excited about that as well as some some new product offerings that we we have. So you know more more to come on that. And if you want to stay in touch or I'm I'm always open to any conversation. So Wendy with a Y at content bacon com. You can find me all over social media. I have a fun content piece called Side of Bacon on LinkedIn. So yeah, any way that you want to interact with me, I'm happy to provide value and just, you know, just be a resource. When thinking about building your content topic list, tap into FAQs and remember the four content pillars, education, information, entertainment, and inspiration. Here are the takeaways to help boost the content you already make. Your website needs to be mobile-friendly, tell a story, and reflect the brand of your business. When writing content, use language that is easy to understand. Your content should be solving the pain points of your clients before they even reach out to you. I'd like to thank Wendy from Content Bacon for sharing her story with us, and I hope you gained some valuable insights from the conversation. Be sure to check out our Instagram at contentbacon.com. You've been listening to Personal Injury Mastermind. I'm Chris Dreyer. If you like this episode, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from our listeners. I'll catch you on next week's PIM with another incredible guest and all the strategies you need to master personal injury marketing. Marketing.